Why, hello, and welcome back to the Dapper Dividends Podcast, episode number 207. Hey, what's up? My name is Knight Arthur. That's right, we're going spooky, spooky old school back to the day when yours truly was in those awkward, awkward teenage years playing games like Ghouls and Ghosts on the Sega Genesis and, you know, when I went by my friend's houses, the NES machines back then. Hey, some of you weren't even alive back then, but you know what? You can't control when you were born you can only control what you're doing after you're born right so you don't know where you're starting out you can't control that but you definitely most absolutely certainly do have control over where you're going i just love i absolutely love this old music the memories it brings back hey if you want to hit me up on twitter at rustyram78 nothing investing related but you can show me exactly or tell me what video game music you loved growing up. I love it. So what's up? Happy Thanksgiving if you do celebrate that here in the United States. And uh, I know most people around the world don't celebrate that. But ghouls and ghosts. Demonios y fantasmas. Demonios y fantasmas. That's ghouls and ghosts in Spanish, all y'all. I bet some didding. No, I did some betting. Why don't we try that? I, I downloaded, you know, so we're going to get to a few things. Don't worry. We do talk dividends. Have a little fun here in the beginning. You're going to find out a new exploratory position that I am probably going to open up this week. And also a CEO. It's going to be on the live stream we're doing tonight about a short report a hit piece that was put out on a mortgage REIT. Either way, before we get to that, check this out. I usually don't do a lot of gambling. Uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd lose enough money, uh, you know, when I'm investing around here. I decided we're at Thanksgiving for my in-laws and I wanted to bet on a few games, do some of those crazy prop bets, you know, will player A get 25 plus rushing yards? Will you know, this quarterback throw three plus touchdowns and you smash those together, you, it's more unlikely to happen so you get better odds. But that's what it was. I ended up taking 30 bucks, turned it into $75. We're not betting deer over here. Don't worry. We're betting money, cold, hard cash. What you got, what we got to 150% return I hit. And I pulled it one day. I, I feel no need to further bet money. Thankfully, I don't get bit with that bug. I will be, interestingly enough, as soon as this is done recording and goes out, I just got my new MacBook Pro. It's an M3. Now, I got a discount with a veteran's code. So this sucker was like $2,100. Been having lots of issues with this four-year-old laptop. So hopefully... This is the very last thing we're doing on it. So we're moving up in the world. Look at me, Ma. Look at me go. We have a newsletter. And in it, we talked about certain dividend death. I would highly recommend that you subscribe to that newsletter. Head to dapperdividends.com. It's completely free. And you get that, uh, what did I put on on Twitter? The free Black Friday special for the free newsletter. Get it for free. (laughs) So yeah, it is cool. I, I did a very interesting VF Corp example where I showed that if your dividend is not covered by free cash flow, I'll sum it up for you. It's a really good chance that it's running out of oxygen, just like a human being. We need oxygen to live. For businesses, free cash flow is like the oxygen that they breathe, and you can survive for a little while without it. But if you don't have that free cash flow, then you are going to eventually run out of oxygen and die. And that's kind of what happens with dividends. So yeah, we showed an example with VF Corp, how they uh, ended up cutting their dividend because they were running out of that free cash flow. So if you still want to read that, just go to dapperdividends.com. I do have a link to the past newsletter, so you can just go ahead and read it if you don't want it. You know, you don't want me to hand deliver it to your inbox. A couple dividends we received this week, only $23.37, $13.68 from Starbucks and nine. $69 from energy transfer. 
Year to date, in the portfolios that we share, we've now received $5,726 of dividend income. Only bought a few stocks, bought four shares of Johnson & Johnson at $151.47 average. Really was hoping to get more of them in the mid-140s. It's starting to go the wrong way. And that's the fun thing as dividend investors. We get, you know, we kind of get upset when the stock is going up because it makes it more expensive for us. The yield on cost is going down. We like those little bit higher yields on solid businesses. And then we bought one more share in the self-directed IRA Avicii Properties, ticker VICI, at $28.10. Only a couple news articles on Simply Safe Dividends this week. Hormel, ticker HRL, grew their dividend 2.7%. That's their 58th consecutive annual dividend increase for Hormel. Dude, they've been around for 130 years. 3.45% yield, which is kind of high right now, but they are assigned a dividend safety score of 99, which is the safest, which is very safe. And then UGI, ticker UGI, Oogie. The gas utility company Simply Safe reaffirmed their dividend score of 60, which is borderline safe, and a dividend yield of 6.84%. Hey, by the way, if you've been thinking about joining Seeking Alpha or trying that bad boy out, that bad man with JAMA, which is something I use quite often as well, Seeking Alpha has a Black Friday special that's running until December 5th. Get 30% off that annual price of 239 bucks. For those of you that don't do mathing very well, that would be $167 for that first year. Plus you get a seven day free trial. So, hey, you want to save a few bucks and, you know, help a few bucks get into this guy's account, then uh, I would be forever grateful and thankful to you. So what was that short report about? Well, I don't know how well you know about MREITs. I don't know them very well. My guy Darth Dividend on YouTube, this is his biggest position from what I understand. But Viceroy Research, if you remember them, and I'll have a link below, they're the ones that put out that hit piece on MPW, Medical Properties Trust, and they're down 70% since that hit piece came out. Yeah, ABR, they're a $2.36 billion uh, cap company, and... It's an MREIT. I don't really understand MREITs. They're focused on bridge financing. If you understand that, nice. But to cut the long story short, Viceroy, which again, they put out short reports. They look for things that are fundamentally wrong with businesses. So they can take a short position, meaning that if and when the stock goes down, they will make money from that. So kind of does, you know, the way I look at it, these short reports, yeah, they're biased. They want the stock to go down. But the way I look at it is they're kind of doing our inverse homework for us. What does that mean? Well, Charlie Munger always says that you should invert, always invert, meaning start with looking for what would be wrong about the business. What is bad about the business? What are the major problems? What are the major flaws? What are the major threats to that business? And if it's too much, you don't buy into it. You don't go for it. But if it's small hey, you know, might be good to like Costco. Yeah, there's always threats with Costco. Maybe not as many people re-up for that membership. Maybe there's competition that comes in, compresses their margins, but I think it's slim. So there's there's a few things that could go wrong, but it's highly unlikely. But going back to Arbor, Viceroy said that Arbor's high-risk multifamily residential bridge loans are going bad fast and that their entire loan book is distressed and underlying collateral is vastly overstated. If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But if you are invested in ABR, then I would probably say you should familiarize yourself with that and see if there is any truth to that. If there is any smoke to that fire, 
And they added that Arbor's loans would be unable to be refinanced and concluded that Arbor's equity is worth zero. And then also in March, Ninji, N-I-N-G-I, which I think I caught the dividend bull on YouTube video about this where he said Ninji was like, not he couldn't find much on them. He basically said they weren't credible as a research publicist. So kind of take that with a super small grain of salt. But they had said that Arbor was understating the credit loss allowances and burdened by a toxic and worthless portfolio of mobile homes. I have no idea if there's any truth to that or not, but we're going to talk about it a little bit on the live stream tonight. And the whole reason that I'm putting it on there is to say, if you see a stock that's been beaten down from a short report and you don't understand the business, there's one last little thing I look for and it happened with ABR. So ABR has been getting crushed their share price. They're down quite a bit, but that report from Viceroy came out on November 16th, but on November 24th, the ABR, Arbor Realty Trust CEO, Ivan Kaufman, dude, he bought 35,000 shares at an average of $12.18. That's his own money. That's not company money or anything like that. He put $426,450 of his own money into ABR after that short report came out. So Either he's foolish or he's fearless, but you have to think that the CEO is going to know better than anybody what's going on inside their own business. So for me, that's a huge vote of confidence for ABR. And that's something I did not see with MPW. The short report came out, they refuted it, MPW management, but it kept going down and down and down. And the CEOs, the insiders, they never picked up more shares of the business. It was at like, I don't even know, 10 year lows, 12 year lows, and they weren't buying. But ABR gets crushed a little bit. CEO says, what's up? That's sweet. Thank you. I'm buying more shares. So that I think is really cool. And that's pretty much going to be what we're going to talk about on the live stream tonight. And something I always look for is if a stock is stupidly cheap, are the CEOs, will they be buying shares, not just buybacks, buying with their own money. So that's what Ivan Kaufman did. And I thought that was really interesting to see that. So that's that. And this is this. And what is this? Well, I'm so happy you asked. This is the main top, the main event, everybody. Get ready to, I don't know, get ready to hear about the exploratory position that I'm probably going to. Boy, could there be anything more vague? This is the exploratory position that I'm most likely, very probably, going to absolutely consider starting a position in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's like, 
What does that word suit mean, Uncle Russ? Well, it means I'm probably going to do this, but tomorrow morning I may wake up and snap out of it and change my mind. So again, remember, I'm just a welder on YouTube sharing research I'm finding and my own thoughts and opinions for you to be a better dividend investor. Help us be better dividend investors. Anyway, so this I found out about through Streetwise, the Streetwise podcast from Barron's, which Jack Howe, it looks like Jack Huff, H-O-U-G-H, H, but it's Jack Howe. He talked about something that I find to be a very interesting story. In the vein of Warren and Charlie, I sold Intel, right? Because it went in my too hard pile. I understand they make chips, but I just don't know how to assess the quality and durability of their moat and what makes their chip better than an AMD chip, which makes it better than an NVIDIA chip. Yes, I can look at sales and things, but I just don't understand the semiconductor chips. So I ended up selling, but this business, boy, howdy, do I understand this business, which is farm equipment. It's tractors, it's combines, and the business is CNHI. That's the ticker. It's Case New Holland. They're cheap right now, but as they said, a stock, you can't buy something just because it's cheap. It's got to have a catalyst. It's got to have a solid reason that why it might turn around in the future. And yeah, it may take a little while to play out, but you can't just buy a GM because it's super cheap right? Warren Buffett sold out of GM, but Case New Holland. I actually worked for them as a subcontractor before they moved out of their Burr Ridge, Illinois facility where they had been in since the 1950s. And they make big ass tractors and combines. It's crazy. While I was working there, I'd be standing next to some of the tires that go on these things. Just, I don't even know, must've been eight feet tall tires. They're way taller than I was, but that's what they do. Kind of like the deer farm equipment. But Case New Holland, they were founded in 1842, and that goes back to International Harvester, which is was a huge staple of Chicago in making farm equipment, International Harvester. But yeah, they sell tractors, planters, sprayers, combine harvesters, and that's under two American brands, which is Case IH, International Harvester, and New Holland. So there you go, Case and New Holland. So it's farm equipment, right? Their farm equipment is 80% of revenue with construction so doing like you know you see your caterpillar the back hose construction equipment for constructing it's like hey what does they do with the construction equipment well they construct with it that's uh so the rest of it is from that they have a forward price to earnings of 5.9 times that's five dollars and 90 cents for every future one dollar of earnings you're paying and for a little bit of context there, John Deere is about 10.8 times, which is the number one in the space. And the number three in the space, AGCO, is about 7.3. So comparatively, Case New Holland looks really, really cheap. So Case New Holland is down 36% in the last year and has a current dividend yield, get this, of 3.73%. They pay that dividend out annually. So it's an annual dividend and it has been growing since about 2019. So it's got a pretty good five-year CAGR of 17%. They raised the dividend 27% over that last full year. And again, they're down 36% the last year where John Deere is only down 12%. So here's the story. Let's see if you can follow this story about Case New Holland. In 1990, Ford and the Italian car maker Fiat merged their farm equipment businesses. So they each had farm equipment businesses. They merged together and Fiat got the majority ownership of that merged business. So Ford's side of the business included New Holland, which had combined with Case 
IH, Case International Harvester, in 1999 to form Case New Holland, ticker CNH, which is still under the Italian maker Fiat as of right now. So there was a spinoff where Case New Holland was lumped in with Fiat's bus and truck business, Ivico. So if you're following so far, Ford and Fiat combined their farm equipment businesses in 1990. In 99, Ford's New Holland combined with Case International Harvester, but the Case New Holland business was lumped in with Fiat's truck and bus business, and that all was just jumbled into one business called Ivico. But then two years ago, Ivico was separated into its own company, which left CNH as an agricultural and construction pure play business. So if you follow that, CNH is once again its own business. And Case New Holland CEO Scott Wine said that a lot of the capital had to be allocated to the truck side of the business, but because they're now separated, they can focus solely on the farm equipment. He doesn't have to worry about truck and bus businesses, and their return on invested capital is approaching 20%, which is outstanding because that allows them to invest at a much higher rate of return than they did historically. But there's an interesting wrinkle that's creating some selling pressure right now, which is that Case New Holland is dropping its Milan stock listing, leaving only its New York listing. So between now and January 2nd, all of the Case New Holland shares held by European funds are going to be forced to sell because they're not going to be held on that European exchange any longer. So remember what we talked about with ABR, when you see the CEO buying shares, not always, but it's a really, really good sign and a vote of confidence. So Early last year, Scott Wine, the Case New Holland CEO, personally spent more than $2 million on Case New Holland shares at an average price of close to $14. And currently, they're at $10.23, so you can buy almost 30% less than where the CEO confidently bought about a year ago. Now, there's more to this story that I really like, which caught my attention, and it's that CEO Scott Wine took over at Case New Holland in 2021, and that was after running the snowmobile and motorcycle leisure vehicle leisure vehicle manufacturer Polaris, ticker PII. He ran that bad boy for 12 years, where in that time, revenue tripled. Shareholders saw more than a 450% return. Shares were reduced more than 11%, and the average return on equity was almost 40%, which is just fantabulous. Although one little little bugaboo is that their net debt did go up almost 50% under his watch. Now this year also, Case New Holland has introduced a stock buyback up to a billion dollars. So remember how recently I said they had been trailing John Deere, which is the big player in the agricultural space. But recently, Case New Holland won an award at the world's largest agricultural event in Hanover, Germany called Agritechnica. And it was for their New Holland CR11 as the best combine harvester, also to go with a pair of tractor awards. And Scott Wine said that that new combine is 10 to 20% better than anything that's ever been introduced because of its high speed and throughput. So I find it really interesting that the strategy right Right now is shifting into AI. Everything's going to the EVs, the cars, everybody wants autonomous. So it's no different in the agricultural space. And as he said, the strategy now is to bring tech development in-house and they bought 
Precision Ag Company Raven Industries, and also Satellite and Navigation and Connectivity Company Hemisphere GNSS, on top of bringing in more software engineers into the business. And that's because, like all things, it's all moving towards going fully autonomous farm equipment, which will not require an onboard operator. So they still have things to work through. You know, you can't have that tractor running over somebody's dog on the field there people, houses, whatever, but it's getting there. Like it is getting there where the farmer from their living room can just program what they want, satellites use it. It's a fascinating thing and it's crazy to think. In 1900, 40% of the US population lived on farms and today it's about 1%. Again, in the United States, it just goes to show technological advancements, which I think are great because yeah, farm work sucks. It's hard work. My grandfather grew up on a farm. It's not fun. It's not a lot of fun to do farm work. So we look at people sorting bags of chips in a factory somehow, but it's air conditioned. It's out of the elements. It's not backbreaking work. Yeah, it could be manual routine labor, but the technology is going to be ever present. And I, I mean, I think it looks really interesting. So most likely this week, I will be picking up several exploratory shares to dig into the business. And why do I do that? Well, I did a little bit of research and prep listening to the podcast, and I'm going to do more. I need to look through the annual reports. I need to listen to more earnings calls, read the transcripts, see the feeling I get, just look into the business and get a lot more understanding. But when I buy those few shares, I feel I got skin in the game because if I don't buy the shares and I don't see that I own them, I don't look in it. But it's okay to change your mind. I did that with Nextera Energy Partners, or no, it was no, it was BEP, Brookfield. One of the Brookfields I did that with. People were talking about it in the community. I bought like two or three shares. And I just was like, this needs to go into the too hard pile. I, I just don't understand it. But farm equipment, I understand. I at least understand they make machines that harvest farms, that plant seeds, that spray the crops. They, they harvest the crops. Very easy to understand. So... I think we can look at that and we can put that in the pile and things that we do understand. So to tie it back to Charlie Munger, what I'll be doing is looking for the inversions to see if I can turn myself off. That's just a very smart way of doing things because it's so easy to fall into the trap of doing it the opposite way is to look at for all the things we love, all the things that can go right and invest just on those wonderful things with the business. And even listening to CEOs do us a sell job. The best thing that we can do, I think, is to invert and start with all the negatives. What are the bad things with this business? Why can they fail? Why are they likely to fail? What would make them fail? And how likely is that scenario to present itself? Which is what I'll be doing with Case New Holland. So and I'd love it if you sign up for the free newsletter so you can catch what we're doing Every week, in and out, get a few thoughts, things I'm sharing. So once again, remember that Black Friday offer is out there for Seeking Alpha. If you want to save yourself a few bucks, kick a few bucks my way at no extra cost to you, I would be forever thankful and grateful to you. Yeah, let me know what your favorite video game song is. I'd love to know that. And if you would ever buy Case New Holland or if it's something you would not invest in, tell me that why too. Maybe you know something I don't that I can share. So I really do appreciate your listenership and allowing me to come in your ear holes for about, you know, 30 minutes or so. I've been Russ. I'll be Russ next time. Thank you so very much for listening. I really do hope to have you back next week. I hope you have a great week in the markets. And come on all back now, you hear? I'll see you next week. So long, everybody.